Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, April 12th. We are rapidly approaching the time of Passover, which occurs this year on sundown, April 14th, and goes into April 15th. In studying the Passover and Egyptian redemption, we need to keep in mind four important principles. First, it is both an historical and prophetic event. Second, the events that happened to the forefathers prophesy to us what happens to their descendants. Third, it is a deliverance from Egyptian bondage. And fourth, this is a picture of our deliverance from spiritual bondage. As it is written in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, how is it that we get into bondage? We get into bondage when we sin. Whoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. Passover is a picture of deliverance from bondage. Egypt is a place of bondage. Egypt is a type of the world and the world system. Trusting in Pharaoh represents serving the gods of this world. Yeshua is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeshua is our Passover Lamb. Historically, the blood of the Lamb was to be put on the doorposts. There is going to be a judgment upon this world in the end of days. If you don't have the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of your heart, you will face the judgment that comes upon this world. The blood of Yeshua redeems us from sin. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pesach, and it means Passover. Exodus 12, 24-32 You shall observe this as an institution for all time, for you and for your descendants. And when you enter the land that Hashem will give you, as He has promised, you shall observe this right. And when your children ask you, What do you mean by this right? You shall say, 
It is the Passover sacrifice to Hashem because he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians, but he saved our houses. The people then bowed low in homage. And the Israelites went and did so, just as Hashem had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. In the middle of the night Hashem struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh arose in the night with all his courtiers and all the Egyptians, because there was a loud cry in Egypt, for there was no house where there was not someone dead. He summoned Moses and Aaron in the night and said, Up, depart from among my people, you and the Israelites with you. Go, worship Hashem as you said. Take also your flocks and your herds as you said, and be gone and may you bring a blessing upon me also. Joshua 5, 1-7-15 When all the kings of the Amorites on the western side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites near the sea heard how Hashem had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the sake of the Israelites until they crossed over, they lost heart and no spirit was left in them because of the Israelites. At that time Hashem said to Joshua, Make flint knives and proceed with a second circumcision of the Israelites. So Joshua had flint knives made, and the Israelites were circumcised at Gibeath Haraloth. This is the reason why Joshua had the circumcision performed. All the people who had come out of Egypt, all the males of military age, had died during the desert wanderings after leaving Egypt. Now whereas all the people who came out of Egypt had been circumcised, none of the people born after the Exodus during the desert wanderings had been circumcised. For the Israelites had traveled in the wilderness forty years, until the entire nation the men of military age who had left Egypt had perished because they had not obeyed Hashem and Hashem had sworn never to let them see the land that Hashem had sworn to their fathers who assigned to us a land flowing with milk and honey but he had raised up their sons in their stead and it was these that Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised not having been circumcised on the way After the circumcising of the whole nation was completed, they remained where they were in the camp until they recovered. And Hashem said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt. So that place was called Gilgal, as it is still today. Encamped at Gilgal in the steps of Jericho, the Israelites offered the Pesach sacrifice on the fourteenth day of the month, toward evening. On the day after the Pesach offering, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the country, unleavened bread and parched grain. On that same day, when they ate of the produce of the land, the manna ceased. 
the Israelites got no more manna. That year they ate of the yield of the land of Canaan. Once, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing before him, drawn sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and asked him, Are you one of us or of our enemies? He replied, No, I am the captain of Hashem's host. Now I have come. Joshua threw himself face down to the ground and prostrating himself, said to him, What does my Lord command his servant? The captain of Hashem's host answered Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was shut up tight because of the Israelites. No one could leave or enter. Hashem said to Joshua, See, I will deliver Jericho and her king and her warriors into your hands. Let all your troops march around the city and complete one circuit of the city. Do this six days, and with seven kohenim carrying seven shofars preceding the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the kohenim blowing the shofars. And when a long blast is sounded on the shofar, as soon as you hear that sound of the shofar, all the people shall give a mighty shout. Thereupon the city wall will collapse, and the people shall advance, every man straight ahead. Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the Kohanim, and then said to them, Take up the ark, and let seven Kohanim carrying seven shofars precede the ark of Hashem. And he instructed the people, Go forward, march around the city, with the vanguard marching in front of the ark of Hashem. When Joshua had instructed the people, the seven Kohenim carrying seven shofars advanced before Hashem, blowing their shofars, and the ark followed them. The vanguard marched in front of the Kohenim who were blowing the shofars, and the rear guard marched behind the ark, with the shofars sounding all the time. But Joshua's orders to the rest of the people were, Do not shout, do not let your voices be heard, and do not let a sound issue from your lips until the moment that I command you, shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark go around the city and complete one circuit. Then they returned to camp and spent the night in camp. Joshua rose early the next day, and the Kohanim took up the ark while the seven Kohenim burying the seven shofars marched in front of the ark, blowing the shofars as they marched. The vanguard marched in front of them, and the rear guard marched behind the ark, with the shofars sounding all the time. And so they marched around the city once on the second day and returned to the camp. They did this six days. On the seventh day they rose at daybreak and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. That was the only day that they marched around the city seven times. On the seventh round, as the Kohanim blew the shofars, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for Hashem has given you the city. The city and everything in it are to be proscribed for Hashem. Only Rahab the harlot is to be spared, and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers we sent. But you must beware of that which is proscribed, or else you will be proscribed, if you take anything 
from that which is proscribed, you will cause the camp of Israel to be proscribed. You will bring calamity upon it. All the silver and gold and objects of copper and iron are consecrated to Hashem. They must go into the treasury of Hashem. So the people shouted when the shofars were sounded. When the people heard the sound of the shofars, the people raised a mighty shout, and the wall collapsed. The people rushed into the city, every man straight in front of him, and they captured the city. They exterminated everything in the city with the sword, man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey. But Joshua bade the two men who had spied out the land go into the harlot's house and bring out the woman and all that belongs to her, as you swore to her. So the young spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that belonged to her. They brought out her whole family and left them outside the camp of Israel. They burned down the city and everything in it, but the silver and gold and the objects of copper and iron were deposited into the treasury of the house of Hashem. Only Rahab the harlot and her father's family were spared by Joshua along with that all that belonged to her, and she dwelt among the Israelites, as is still the case. For she had hidden the messengers that Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. At that time Joshua pronounced this oath, Cursed of Hashem be the man who shall undertake to fortify this city of Jericho. He shall lay its foundations at the cost of his firstborn, and set up its gates at the cost of his youngest. Hashem was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. The Israelites, however, violated the proscription. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerach, of the tribe of Yehuda, took of that which was proscribed, and Hashem was incensed with the Israelites. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which lies close to Beth Haven, east of Bethel with orders to go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and reported to him, Not all the troops need to go up. Let two or three thousand men go and attack Ai. Do not trouble all the troops to go up there, for the people there are few. So about three thousand of the troops marched up there, but they were routed by the men of Ai. The men of Ai killed about thirty-six of them, pursuing them outside the gate as far as Shabaram and cutting them down along the descent. And the heart of the troops sank in utter dismay. Joshua thereupon rent his clothes. He and his and the elders of Israel lay until evening with their faces to the ground in front of the ark, and they strewed earth on their heads. Ah, Hashem, cried Joshua, why did you lead this people across the Jordan, only to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to be destroyed by them? If only we had been content to remain on the other side of the Jordan. O Hashem, what can I say after Israel has turned tail before its enemies? When the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land heard of this, They will turn upon us and wipe out our very name from the earth. And what will you do about your great name? But Hashem answered Joshua, Arise, why do you lie prostrate? Israel has sinned. They have broken the covenant by which I bound them. They have taken of the 
proscribed and put it in their vessels. They have stolen. They have broken faith. Therefore, the Israelites will not be able to hold their ground against their enemies. They will have to turn tail before their enemies, for they have become proscribed. I will not be with you any more unless you root out from among you what is proscribed. Go and purify the people. Order them, purify yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says Hashem, the God of Israel, Something proscribed is in your midst, O Israel, and you will not be able to stand up to your enemies until you have purged the proscribed from among you. Tomorrow morning you shall present yourselves by tribes. Whichever tribe Hashem indicates shall come forward by clans. The clan that Hashem indicates shall come forward by ancestral houses, and the ancestral house that Hashem indicates shall come forward man by man. Then he who is indicated for proscription and all that is his shall be put to the fire, because he broke the covenant of Hashem and because he committed an outrage in Israel. Luke 15, 1-32 Then drew near to him Yeshua, all the publicans and sinners, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than ninety-nine just persons which need no recompense. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided to them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave to him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. 
But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it. And let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve you, and neither did I transgress at any time your commandment. And yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this your son has come, which has devoured your living with harlots, you have killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. It was meat that we should make merry and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is now found. Psalm 81, 1-16 Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. You called in trouble, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I proved you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto you, O Israel, if you will hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in you, neither shall you worship any strange God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied you. Proverbs 13.1 A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scorner hears not. Rebuke. I'd like to speak to you today from Joshua chapter 5, 6, and 7. And 
we're going to see a real connection between what happened there as the children of Israel got ready to take Jericho and what happened at the very first Passover. So in Joshua chapter 5, we see that the people are instructed by the Lord to have all of the men to be circumcised because these sons uh, had not been circumcised. Their fathers, who had left Egypt, had been circumcised, but then they all perished. But the sons who had been born in the wilderness and had never known Egypt had never been circumcised. And so in Joshua chapter 5, verse 9, it is written, And Hashem said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt. So that place was called Gilgal, as it is still today. So circumcision is a picture. It's a picture of circumcision of the heart. And we all have this foreskin of the heart. And when we are living in sin and living our own way instead of trying to follow God's way, um, then we have a heart of stone, we have a foreskin. But when we repent and when we turn to the Lord and we ask Him to guide us and to lead us and we begin to follow Him, that's when our heart gets circumcised. That's when our heart goes from being a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And so, right after that, they keep a Passover. They keep Passover just before they go in to take Jericho. And in verse Chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. They encamped at Gilgal in the steps of Jericho, and the Israelites offered the Pesach sacrifice on the 14th day of the month. That would be the 14th day of Nisan, toward evening. And on the day after the Pesach offering, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the country, unleavened bread and parched grain. So in many ways, this is sort of like a repeat of what happened when the children of Israel left Egypt. They had the Passover on the 14th of Nisan, and the next day they left Egypt, and they went through the Red Sea. And here, we have the children of Israel, after wandering for 40 years in the wilderness, they get circumcised. They keep the Passover on the 14th day of Nisan, and the very next day, they begin their conquering of Jericho. So it's a repeat. Now, um, in chapter 5, verse 15, it is written, The captain of Hashem's house answered Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. So who is this captain of Hashem's house, the captain of the Lord's host? It is a pre-incarnate version of Yeshua. This is Yeshua, the captain of the Lord's hosts, Yahweh Saviot. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Joshua is told to remove his shoes because the place where he is standing is holy. This is reminiscent of the similar command given to Moses while standing at the burning bush on the mountain of God at Mount Sinai. But there is a critical difference. Unlike Sinai, which attained only temporary holiness, 
The place upon which Joshua is standing is eternally sacred. He is standing upon the ground of Eretz Israel. Continuing on in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, it is written, Now Jericho was shut up tight because of the Israelites. No one could leave or enter. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Archaeological finds of the past 150 years have granted significant understanding and insight into the world of the Bible, while also leaving us with many unanswered questions. In a 1983 interview, Israel's first chief of staff and renowned archaeologist Yegel Yadin addressed the limits of biblical archaeology, describing this passage in Joshua about the miraculous nature of the tumbling walls of Jericho. Yadin shared this opinion. That is beyond the realm of archaeology, and I think it's beyond the realm of history as well. It's a matter of faith. The fact is that there was a city there, in my opinion, and it was conquered. There can be no doubt. According to many ancient Jewish philosophers, science and nature are not meant to validate our faith, nor is archaeology. However, they can serve as powerful tools in bolstering our faith to believe in the truth of God's word in a more complete and complex fashion. So Joshua receives instructions from the Lord that each day they are to march around the city walls one time, sounding the shofars, but not speaking, and that on the seventh day that they were to go around that day and march around the city seven times. Chapter 6, verse 15. On the seventh day they rose at daybreak and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. That was the only day that they marched around the city seven times. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. On the seventh day, the children of Israel walk around Jericho seven times. They blow the shofars, the ram's horns, and the walls miraculously fall, and they are able to take the city. The classical commentary, Rashi, notes that the seventh day of this process was Shabbat. This teaches us that war on behalf of defending the people and land of Israel is permitted and even required on the peaceful and holy day of Sabbath. Even today, though we honor Shabbat and keep it holy, the state of Israel is required to protect itself seven days a week. Thus, in the Israeli army, essential tasks to protect the nation must and do continue, even on Shabbat. So God did a miracle, and the walls came crashing down at the sound of the shofars on this seventh day. That was the day of breakthrough. Continuing on in chapter 7, we see that when the Israelites try to go and conquer the next city of Ai, that they are defeated, and they had been instructed that all things within the city were proscribed, that is, set apart for God, for the treasury, that any gold and silver and copper was to be set aside for God's treasury, and that um, that there was not to be anything taken by the pe- people. Yet someone sinned. And so when Joshua inquires of the Lord, why did we get defeated at Ai? The Lord replies to him and answers him, and in chapter 7, verse 11, it is written, Israel has sinned 
They have broken the covenant by which I bound them. They have taken of the proscribed and put it in their vessels. They have stolen. They have broken faith. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. On the surface, it seems odd that Hashem would say that the people of Israel had sinned. Wasn't it only Achan, the one who stole items from Jericho, who sinned? The Malbim points out that this verse teaches the critical principle of collective responsibility. The children of Israel are not simply a collection of individuals. Rather, they are a spiritually united nation where the actions of one impact the fate of all. Therefore, when they entered Eretz Israel, they became responsible for one another. This collective responsibility extends beyond simply avoiding negative things. All are also responsible for the positive welfare of their brothers and sisters, wherever they may be. Successfully meeting this collective responsibility is part of what makes the state of Israel great. So, that also fits in with the principle that we see in the book of Ephesians, where we are one body and Yeshua is the head of that body, and that the body has hands and feet and ears, and that all members of the body are very, very important, and they all work together. And the body is to grow and to be edified and to be nourished and to work together as one in a unity of one. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.